Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Chipman Brothers Tangent Podcast. Yeah. A podcast that, yes, there's Bob, a podcast that um, we are not protesting people trying to shut us down because we actually can social distance while we record this, Bob. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Um, homes. Yes. Before I get into um, what's going on tonight, because this is a very special episode, I want to do what we always do and thank our $15 or more a month patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin C.V., Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, and Collaborating Online. I'd also like to thank our newest patron, or my, or yeah, the Royal Wee's newest patron as of today, Sean Zoltek. Thank you very much for joining this week's episode was brought to you by, as so many are, by the Geeks with Shields podcast. Each week, hosts Axel and Ulrich provide a nerdy escape from the darkest timeline, talking everything from comics to long-forgotten movies and TV shows. If the darkest timeline has you down, check out the Geeks with Shields podcast for all your nerdy needs. And speaking of the Geeks with Shields, we have a very special episode tonight, as I said, for the tangent in store for you, Bob. Um, do you know what's going on tonight, Bob? What is going on tonight, Chris? We have a collaboration episode, first ever where we've had guests and first ever collaborating, or at least for the two of us, collaborating on our show with Axel and Ulrich from the Geeks with the Shields podcast and what I am dubbing right now the Chipman Geeks with Shields Brothers Tangent Podcast. Cool. That's a mess. I love it. I yes. want a t-shirt. <laughs> yes. So anyway, guys, um, even though people probably know who you are because they listen to my show... Why don't you, uh, you tell them who you guys are and do uh, the intro for your show since this is a weird-ass mashup. All right, that's, that's you. Awkward silence. <laughs> we had to get the customary awkward silence out of the way. Yeah, but you always lead us in, so this is your job. Go. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm leading us in. Anyways, uh, I am Lord Commander Ulrich, and, and my co-host... His shield brother, Axel Wright. And uh, we do a weekly podcast where we discuss things all geeky, nerdy, everything in between, which... It's a lot of fun, and our tagline is, you know, the darkest timeline, but that's being a little less fun as it does get a little bit darker. But it also makes the statement more correct, honest, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> prophetic. Anyways, uh, before we get dived in, we're going to thank the people that let us, you know, buy our way onto this show with hefty, hefty bribes. Our patrons, <laughs> they are Pam Galley, Marky, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Reed D, Arthur Crane, and Kevin Vehe. Still don't know how to pronounce your name, Kevin. you got to leave us a comment. Anyways, if you like top-quality content like this, then maybe head on over to geekswithshields.com. Wait, patreon.com forward slash geekswithshields. Give us 25 cents, and I swear I will be able to speak better next time. You know, always leading into our show with that, it makes perfect sense, but something feels odd about doing it in this particular format. Uh, I'll move past it. That's what I'm going with. That's why I'm tongue-tied. This is just... We've never had four guests on a show. We've been on the show with four guests. It's perfectly cool. This is this is promoting both of our shows, which if you notice, there's some um, spillover between people there, between us. So we do attract the same type of folk. Yeah. So just for my own curiosity, I know for a fact, right, so I generally portray myself as a Viking. Uh, Ulrich here is a centurion, correct? A Roman a legionary of some sort. I don't know where you're getting Roman from. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably because the armor pins. Okay, you're a Spartan. Yeah. We established that, Chris, you're some sort of um, colonial Shigoki. Yes. 
we're gonna get that commissioned art someday. I have it in my head. Shigoki yeah. with a great big pilgrim hat and a belt yes. buckle. Exactly. So we we just need a warrior type for Bob. So because you have a shield. Mm. So you think on that. <laughs> I'll I'll think on that. Yeah. So anyway, thank you everyone for being here. Um, how is everybody faring in the midst of this? I, the last episode of this show I recorded with Bob, we were just starting to ramp up um, the uh, the insanity of this pandemic we're living in. So um, I said earlier, you know, podcasts are great because we can do them and still social distance. And man, we're social distancing the best we can. We're representing the East and West Coast in, in between <laughs> on this episode. So uh, how's everybody faring so far? Yeah. yeah, not one of us is in the same room. There's four different entire cities. Right? Yes, and, and like I said last time, Bob does not live in my house. <laughs> no, I do not. I was laughing my ass off about that bit. I thought that was pretty good. We had fun with that. Yeah. 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 So, now, so, yeah. I, oh, I, I wish I did live in someone else's house at this point. Well, I mean, I live in a an, apart, an, an apartment that is uh, the second apartment of a two- Two family house, but it, it's uh, it's not like with a, a like an, another person does not live here. So I am completely alone in in all of this bullshit. What's funny is that makes that makes two of us and two the other way because Auric and Chris have families, but Bob and I are both completely alone in our in our abodes. So I need to move into somebody's walls. I mean, on on one hand, though, I do have I'm watching uh, my mother's dog for a while. So if you hear some like almost predator sounds in the background. I apologize. He is ill, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I was going to say, or or are we, do I have to have the screen up with like a little dot that's you and a little dot that's the dog and let you know if it's close by? Nah, uh, buddy, <laughs> buddy's behind me on the couch. He's sleeping right now, so it should be fine. So He's in the same room. Hmm. Run. Um... So yeah, it, it's it's wacky. It took a bit for me to get my kid to sleep tonight. Elric, how's how's your kid doing? Uh, we went and you know started moving stuff into our new apartment. So she was wound up because she's going to have her own bedroom again, which is something she hasn't had in a while. So she took a while to get down. Oh, that's a bummer. Mm. Oh yeah, you guys are moving. Yeah, that's awesome. No, she's not handling the quarantine well. She doesn't understand why we don't get to go to the park anymore. Oh yeah, yeah you know that... I was. Uh... Sorry, I was just saying, I was at work because uh, I, like Chris, I have to go into work, at least for me, only every other week. But I was talking to uh, my supervisor and he was telling me that it's like weird that right now, I think he might have saw this on the line, that children are talking about this like it's some post-apocalypse thing. They're saying like, we used to be able to go to the store before the sickness came. Oh, God. <laughs> they were oh, ahead God. of the curve. Before the Kaiser stole our number two. oh yeah this this really is the darkest timeline i remember when that was a joke yeah luckily my my work at least gave me a an m95 mask so i've got like a you know high quality one so yeah you know it's it's just crazy to be out in public right now it's nuts um you know, Bob can attest for how crazy Route 95 usually is in the morning, and it it's like watching the opening of 28 Days Later when you drive around out there right now. It, it's nuts. Yeah, I'm not a fan. It's it's very unnerving. Um, seeing caution tape on playgrounds, you know, that usually means something a little different, uh, you know. 
uh, we just went through our first march in how many years without a school shooting in the United States because the kids aren't in school. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is kind of fucked up. Um, okay. And this show usually doesn't go very dark, but, um, you know, uh, that's just a really dark thing to think about. Um, I have some, you know, I, I wrote down a few things just to, you know, keep us moving, but we can talk about anything you guys want. But um, I figured since it's the most topical thing right now, what the fuck is going on in the state of Georgia, guys? It's the state of Georgia. What are you talking about? I know, but I mean, like, did the, when, when I thought about, like, who would draw the short straw to be the assholes that would try to reopen first? I'm not so sure um, I would have picked a coastal state, even that one. Um, just Florida a feels bit. like a safe bet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Florida. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Georgia's kind of surprising because no one ever thinks about Georgia because it's Georgia. But I, I'm, I'm not surprised. I don't know why I'm not. It's just at this point it feels like, yeah, this, this, this feels right. They're going to go, okay, we're going to try. And we're like, going to damn you all. I know where I am. The, the The order got extended to April 30th. So Georgia's set to start opening stuff on, what, the 24th? Yeah, so the I 24th see. for, like, um, basically the things people um, complain about the most. Like fitness studios and tattoo parlors and barbers and hair salons. Why and are then, tattoos um, those are the things people complain about the most? Really? Oh, yeah, no, you wouldn't believe the, the freaking crazy-ass outcry for people that want tattoo parlors open back up. Listen, I'm itching for a tattoo myself, but I'm not getting a tattoo when there's a pandemic on. And no then, uh, open wounds. And then movie theaters and restaurants are Monday. And now, I wanted to get the feel from, from you guys on this, because when this first started, that was the thing I was clamoring for the most, is like, man, because it's hard with kids to get out to see movies anyway. So it was like, oh, it'd be really great to go see a movie one more time, like before this. And now that just seems like aching to be way too close to people. You know what I mean? It, I, I, I want to get back into a movie theater real bad, but I'm just, th that one is like concerning. Um, the Andelman brothers, the Phantom Gourmet guys own the Menden Twin Drive-In, which is the drive-in theater that my wife and I love to go to with the kids. Yeah. And they're putting up a proposal for the governor to, you know, tell them they can open back up in May. And it's a really well-written proposal. It doesn't come with any sort of, you know, oh, liberate us, you know, bullshit about my rights or anything like that. They, they put together a proposal to do it well, but I don't know. It just... Even that just seems, at some point, everybody has to congregate somewhere. Like, they still have to get in line to get food, and they still have to go to the bathroom. Like, that's the thing. You go into a Target or a, or a shopping center, and yeah, okay, there's social distancing you all over the place and everything, but there's still bathrooms to go into. Like, it just, it's all very odd. Wait, now, like, I've, I've been in stores, and... Like they they have uh, like I haven't like used a bathroom in a store because I'm not an idiot, but like they're not like lot they they didn't like caution tape those or anything. No, I mean I I've had emergency situations where I've had to use a bathroom in a store, and it's business as usual in there. I mean people are keeping their distance, but they're not like there's no difference in how it's being handled, and that's just surprising to me. Hmm. No, I work odd. in a grocery store, so crowds of people, it's it's nothing 
new. It's like nothing's really changed. Except everyone wear, wears masks now, and all the water yeah. fountains are closed. Now, d- oh, water fountains. We don't even have those around here anymore. Um, did uh, did your grocery store, um, Ulrich? Did, are they limiting the amount of people that can go inside at any given time? We did it first. Like we had security guards and everything, and people have actually been pretty good. They they trickle in enough that now they just have a couple employees at the front keeping rough count. Yeah, that's yeah. how they kind of do it here. But the the state and cities, because, you know, it's the United States and everybody gets to make their own fucking rules, um, yeah. depending on where you are, like Danvers, which is the market basket we go to, we like we chose that one anyway because in Lynn, for example, there's a lot more people. So the market basket here, they're limiting to like 120 or 150 people. But the market basket in Danvers is 50. So wow. it's it's like a ghost town in there when you go in. But you got to wait in line for 45 minutes to get in. Huh. Yeah, because I, I live across the street from an Albertsons, which is what yep. I normally go to to get my, my stuff. And they're currently – they got a sign-up front that says uh, 205. And that didn't surprise me. I was like, okay, that makes sense. What did surprise me was that the last time I went, I noti- I went in, I noticed that the lanes are now all labeled with this direction yep. only. Yeah. Uh, Weirded yep. me out. <laughs> no, ours have got that, but they are not limiting the amount of people that are in. So we only go shopping at the Safeway and the Albertsons early in the morning because anytime after noon, it is wall-to-wall people. It's like, don't touch me. I already run enough risk in a grocery store as is. Do you have the Lexan Shields up in front yep. of the tellers? That yep. was so weird to see, like, yeah. wait a second, what's that? I'll tell you, it wasn't that weird at a grocery store. It was weird to see it in a 7-Eleven. <laughs> huh. that makes Not, the most sense I th- it I makes the like most sense it was just the oddest place to see it right and i, I kind of feel like a 7-eleven should have had that to begin with before yeah. the pandemic so I kind of agree <laughs> is this how anyone thought, thought how 2020 was going to be like 10 years ago was well, this know, the vision I, of 2020 i'm not I'm not very meme savvy in general. I don't spend a whole lot of time online. Ulrich takes care of the like the Twitter side of our, our stuff. But I will say that that, uh, that meme that I saw early on in the year of uh, every morning I wake up and it's Picard from one of the Star Trek movies going, Damage Report. I was like, that feels yep. very, yeah. very apt. So, yeah. Like, I'm not going to ask how we got here because we all know how we got here. But oh, seriously. So- but I mean, this this year had some hope to it. In when I mean, this was the year we were all waiting for in 2016. Like, okay, four years, four years, and then the year is just punishing. <laughs> How us. bad can it be? It's only four <laughs> years. Well, it was always the thing. It was always just, just you know all all that has to happen is no natural disasters. <laughs> and and the thing is, is being in New England, and Bob can attest to this. The thing we always talk about going into the fall is okay. Okay, we made it through November with no horrifying enough snowstorm that it knocked the power out. Okay, we made it through December with no real snow. That means the spring is going to be real bad. And we made it through January and February, and there was, like, no snow, which means parents um, are pissed off because their kids are going to be in getting out of school sooner. The kids are happy because they're going to be getting out of school sooner. Do you know what I mean? And there's all of this, like, this is a really, like, uplifting time period particularly around here you know red sox opening days coming up there's a lot of outdoor concerts coming up and then in one swift kick not only is all of that stuff canceled but yeah your your parents and grandparents are gonna fucking die and you don't get to see them 
on a, on a slightly less depressing but still tangentially connected note, uh, any of you guys watch any of uh, Mark Maron's comedy specials? I love that guy. I need to. Okay, because I was watching one of his specials like a week ago, and he had this. I don't know when it came out. I think it came out like a year ago. But all he said was, like, like he started a special by just going, "I don't know what he's gonna do." And I loved how everyone laughed and everyone knew exactly what he was talking about, you know? Yeah, and, and he, he dropped it out of nowhere. It was great. Oh, man. Yeah. Sorry, again, this is what you made me think of when it's like, um, I, I, I don't, I'm not very educated when it comes to, not as much as I want to be, of things that are currently happening. And so then when I started actually reading about the level to which the current administration did not handle this appropriately... I was shell-shocked. And See, I mean, I, think, I didn't have high expectations to begin with, but still. I think you made the smart play of like, I'm just not going to read because it's one of those things like, there's a meteor hurtling towards the earth and I can't do anything about oh, it. That's and now actually, I know. That's actually the first time in my lifetime where I really think I've felt the dread of how that would actually feel is right yeah. now. There's a few other times, like finding out family members have cancer. That's one of the times you feel that. You know, finding out a family member is going to die, but you don't know how long, right? But there's something about this where it's, you start off thinking, okay, we've we've been there, done that on stuff like this. Okay, so there's bad news. What are we going to do? In a week or so, we'll have it figured out. And then it's like, all the shit just keeps getting extended. And it's like, who, who did we make a bad deal with? Yeah, like, can you guys... Can you inform me, again, because I, I'm not as knowledgeable as I want to be, but I've started seeing in the last, like, two days these references to, to like, protests, to, like, people gathering to oh, protest. The oh, yeah, no, that, thank you for bringing me on to the next point. Um, Can you tell me about hey, this? I don't know much of the hey, details, but it sounds hey, Bob, stupid. Hey, Bob, you spend a lot of time reading and looking at stuff like this. What's going on with that? What's going on with which one there? Oh, the protests that are going on. Uh, uh, well, the... Uh, I mean, these are all AstroTurf. This is mostly coming from, uh, you know, business groups and whatnot. I mean, like, the long and short of it is is that it's a lot of, like, companies and business groups that want these, uh, that want stuff to get opened up so that they don't have to pay out uh, unemployment. It's a lot of it. I mean, this seems to be what happened in Georgia is that uh, Georgia, I think, uh, and... One of you is in Georgia, correct? No. I thought no, we're okay. We're then far, I have, we're much farther west. Okay, <laughs> I have my information wrong on that. But uh, anyone listening in Georgia, please feel free to correct me on this. But uh, Georgia, pa Georgia, and Kansas—I think Kansas first about two years ago—both passed laws that they cannot deficit spend on uh, unemployment, which is stupid. That's wicked oh. stupid. Wow. But uh, they can't deficit spend on unemployment. Uh, so Georgia is about to run out of unemployment in, uh, like, two months, basically, because of this. And if they say that we are no longer uh, shutting things down, then if people are still staying home, they don't have to pay them unemployment. Is the... Is the, is the, seems to be, even though they're not saying it, seems to be the reason for this because even the president uh like today at one of his stupid briefings said uh like somewhat like 
I think, well, the first person of everyone that wanted to ask him about the governor of Georgia uh, telling everyone, uh, he's like, yeah, hey, we're going to try turning everything back on. Even the president said, yeah, actually, I think that's kind of a bad idea. I mean, it's his right to do it. It's his right to do it. I think that's a bad idea. <laughs> but not for nothing, isn't this the same dipshit that tweeted to freaking liberate three states that were being that people were bitching at for protesting? That's what I thought. I'm like, wait a second. Uh, those, are you... those are Democrat states, though. Those are uh, oh, states. so okay, so they don't count in the rhetoric. Okay, that's what I thought. Because he needs to. Because he would like to see their their governor. Remember, he won Michigan in a speaker, and against Hillary, and then Michigan was so humiliated about everyone because Michigan is generally, I mean, Michael Moore is from Michigan. Like, and Michigan has like, is Michigan is a, like a fairly sort of blue collar conservative, mostly white state other than Detroit. And yeah. And Michigan was so humiliated by the fact of that, that they threw all of their Republican governors and, and uh, government officials out in the next election. So now Michigan has a Republican governor, uh, a, a Democrat governor, a Democrat. Like, they have one of the most liberal governments in the country now. Mm. And they're probably going to and Like, I think Biden is plus eight in Michigan now. Jesus. So, like, he really needs to win Michigan again. And uh, so, so like he said, well, liberate Michigan, liberate Minnesota, and uh, you know, LA is LA. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's what that that's what those were all about is that there's these, it it's all astroturf, it's all dumb. Uh, the guy in Florida would just like to turn Florida back on because they would really like the tour. They they would really like their tourism and also a whole lot of you know. Uh, rich people from New York and uh, LA, and uh, well, well, mostly from the Northeast here, go to Florida, and uh, you know, like fled to Florida. So, so that happened. Uh, yeah, Pe Pe our neighbor Penny Bob apparently has been stuck in Florida for almost a month. Oh, geez, how's she doing? They're doing fine. I mean, they they were just on vacation, right? But yeah. they, it, it's one of those things like, oh crap, we can't go home now. Yeah, don't want to be stuck in Florida. Yeah. yeah. Like re the the thing is realistically you can't like as as much as like look I am Mr. you know we should have uh you know like just just locked the whole thing down for like 3 months and you know let the thing die the virus not the people but uh No, that's what Sweden's doing. Well, no, no, <laughs> no, sweet yeah, sweet Sweden is doing a Sweden thing, but uh Sweden is doing the freaking um, herd immunity thing, which is yeah. terrible. Well, well, and yeah, which is, uh, you know, and it's like, yeah, Sweden, we're almost to herd immunity. It's like, yeah, that's great. You have three times as many dead as your neighbors, but whatever, Ugh. Swedes. But uh, <laughs> what's the number up to now? 200,000? Something like that. Uh, you know, they think because they're all seven feet tall, they're actually invincible. But uh I, I think Sounds I saw a logic. picture someone shared today of the of some of some protester holding a sign that said literally let the weak die build immune system yeah. or something like that. And I just yeah. I got so angry. Yeah, yeah. You know, the crazies you know, are coming out of the woodwork on this one. You know, you let you let a country produce one Stellan Skarsgård, and I think that they're invincible. <laughs> There's a whole family of Skarsgårds. 
Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, like that's the you, secret. Like, look at Stellan Skarsgård and his seven giant sons. You know, you can, un- <laughs> you can understand why Sweden thinks that they're like superhumans because the man did give birth to like seven Jotunheim. <laughs> that is that is true. But it's um, still they might have earned this one. Yeah, Georgia. Yeah. What does Georgia got that they can? You know, Georgia does not have <laughs> the equivalent. Georgia they have peaches, Coke. good sir. They have friggin' peaches. Everyone has peaches. Peaches Damn are not it. that. Georgia has sired a tremendous amount of great professional wrestlers, but that's not going <laughs> to protect them Ooh. from... Hey, the, the majority of our Marvel films were filmed there. Yes, yeah, they are. Really? That's great. Yes. Everyone films in Georgia because they just, you know, roll out the red carpet for everybody. Yeah, no, Georgia gives generous tax credits, and uh, it's... And yet they don't use that to pay their unemployment, the dipshits. It's a a thing. And look, the the United States is too goddamn big to have a one-size-fits-all situation for all of these things. And it is unfortunate that we don't have someone in charge of things that's even remotely interested in uh, managing it in a proper way to get close to like a, a manageable situation. The the reality is, is that this isn't going away for a long time and eventually they'll stagger, turn things back on. But th- this is going to be like China. And I mean, look, the full name of this disease is SARS COVID-19 and they didn't call it SARS the first again, because they wanted people to take it seriously this time. And like, this is SARS too. And if you remember the news reports out of China and, and Korea, when they had SARS the first time, they went through the first big wave of getting it sort of under control. And then for two years, everyone wore masks and gloves in par- in public and just kind of dealt with that for a while. And that's probably what we're going to do. Yeah, there's a reason why those areas have some of the lowest numbers on this stupid thing. Yeah, right. right. And like, then, oh, this is, this is again, okay, we know how to handle this. Well, what's yeah. funny is, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw the, the graph today and it looks like like the U.S. is finally starting to flatten, and apparently yeah. the reaction is, "Hey, let's go fuck things up." So that yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah let's have let's have a flatten party. Cause yeah, because that'll, that'll that'll help. Does yeah, anyone remember the Spanish flu? We're, we're no, not- they're all dead. Everyone that remembers the Spanish flu is dead now. So you know, there's no one to go. Wait a second, this seems familiar. Yeah, I mean, we're go- we're gonna get the. I mean, they're going to start turning some stuff back on. You know, like restaurants will like have like you know three three table tables to a chair, three chairs to a table. You know, bars will be all spaced the hell out. Dating is going to be so fucking weird. It's dumb. 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 dumb, dumb. (laughs) You know, uh, there will be a whole new this tracker thing that they've got. You know, for figuring out you know who's had it, who hasn't, and whatnot. There's going to be a whole new social caste system of, you know, who's got what color and whatnot, and people are going to be very, there's going to be a whole new, like, fashion thing around what kind of mask you have, and huh. what whether you can afford the good mask, and people are going to be very judgy about it. And, there's going to be some killer dystopian fiction, is what you're saying. Hey, and, do you, that's do just you think? Be, and that's just going to be the world for, like, you know, a couple years. Do you think IR camera manufacturers, particularly the ones that make the cell phone mountable ones, are going to start advertising? Hey, use this to find out if the people near you in public are uh, are sick or not. Yeah, yeah. 
and the uh, and I mean like the uh, the the thermometers and the thermal cameras that's going to go up on all the stores and and there's and you know that'll be like the beep go into the store beep go into the store well hey no you've got a temperature you're not going in the store and that's just going to be a thing that we do now yeah actually my my work is implementing that next yeah. week they're going to yep. put a thermometer up up front you can't come in if your temperature's above I think it was a hundred point four. Yeah, my work already my work already did it. They have a they have an IR camera in the front and you have to scan it and take a picture of it. Right. And and the fact of the matter is this has a 98% survival rate and like and that's like 2% is a lot. But yeah. but most when you look at the numbers, but mo- most of this stuff will be a placebo, but like people will eventually feel better about it and like that will just be the normal that we get back to for a certain amount of time and hopefully hopefully november will come hopefully trump will be gone and people will be going okay you know what yes i'm wearing uh you know like i'm, I'm wearing a mask everywhere but you know what there's no trump this is better this is okay I, <laughs> yes you I, know I, I remember just recently i was trying to i'm sure i'm screaming into the void when i yeah. say this but i was trying to do one of those like you see it everywhere that how do you frame this in a context that makes kind of, you know, uh, emotional weighted sense to you. So I was like, all right, my, my graduating class was 365, right? So this would be like if seven of those people that I knew that I shared classes with just died. in like That's a, a huge number. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like, is, that's my way of, of contextualizing it for myself. So yeah. we, in my graduating class, of 320 i think afterward or in senior year one of the kids committed suicide and that was years worth of devastation Mm. do you know what i mean yeah like years worth not you know seven would just and again okay so so maybe the thing is oh you'll just get desensitized to it or whatever no we will not (laughs) you know what i mean this is not Good. Actively, actively, do not get desensitized. That is the the, the danger. So, no. right, yeah, this is not how twenty twenty was supposed to be. We're supposed to have drift packs <laughs> and flying cars. And don't death remind packs. me. Yeah, this is about two thousand as well, if you remember correctly. You know. Yeah. Well, we had nine eleven. That kind of put the damper on the whole two thousands. Oh, yeah. I've been watching a lot of history videos recently, and just like seeing that whole—you uh, know, what's the, the those who don't learn from history doing to repeat it? Right, is the classic yep. cliche line. But man, I feel like even with a substantial por- portion of the population that knows history, they still choose to repeat it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People well, tend to fall into patterns. People are so narcissistic that they don't think that it's them. They read history, they witness history, they watch documentaries, and they think, wow, that was a really shitty thing. But there's, it's so few people that I see sink in that, no, what if that was happening down the street from you? What if that was happening in front of your face and it doesn't sink in? It doesn't sink in that it affects them. So here's, here's one of my – question is not the right word, but I don't even know how to phrase this properly. So like I said, I've been watching a lot of uh, Crash Course, the, you know, the Vlog brothers do their, mm. their thing. I've been watching a lot of their history ones, and they have this thing they talk about where it's like disease is one of those things that ends up – even though it's not a person, it's having a far bigger impact on history than you know most actual people do so th- i think that is like the weird question that's hanging above a lot of people and i see some people on facebook already trying to answer it or but i feel like there's not enough information to like what is the the change the real change 
if any, that's going to come from this particular pestilence, you know? Like, if disease yeah. has such an impact on history, what, how's, it gonna imp- how's this one going to impact history? Yeah. Well, yeah. like we kind of talked about, there's going to be this whole decade looking back of, wow, look at, we were wearing face masks and gloves and we didn't go out in groups. And certain things are never going to recover because everyone's like, no, I'm still a bit gun shy. Like, we're going to lose theater chains, which sucks, uh, restaurants, small businesses. And oh, I'm not even going to the nitty gritty because that's just going to be way too dark because well, there's there's going to be a, a 1978 lead paint style reaction to this. This yeah. is going to change building codes. This is going to change um, occupancy quantities in new construction this, this is going to change so many different things um and it's gonna it's going to uh it's gonna render obsolete a lot of things unfortunately you know the the historical saving of structures and things i mean l- look at like similar to like what giuliani did with Times square right where a lot of that came from oh we don't like the strip joints and stuff like this but a lot of that also came from hey all these old tenements are gone now and they became you know museums but they were no longer places for people to live i, I think um you know damn everyone that invested a shit ton in um gentrification and building up of crazy big apartment complexes especially around here because i know that there's going to be a lot of changes in occupancy on those they're going to be oh all of a sudden you're putting people too close you know what i mean there's there's going to be a lot of things that are going to change ventilation change the way we live yeah it, it's going to be crazy and i don't even i mean just think about this it i i guarantee at least for another six months to a year you're not going to be in a restaurant with someone on the table next to you. I totally believe that. I've gotten real comfortable eating out, like calling ahead, picking my order, and taking it home. It's like, no, yeah. I'm okay with this. I, yeah, I, no. I've gotten it, a lot better at just eating groceries. Like, I, I immediately with my, with my last girlfriend, right, we had a bad habit of eating out a lot, and now she's gone. And I just go to the grocery store once a week, and I get, like, hot dogs. <laughs> Probably not the healthiest <laughs> for me, but... Yeah, well, it makes it work. I, I got a couple restaurants, like there's small local restaurants. Like I'm going to make a conscious effort to keep giving you money because I know I don't want you to go away. All right, hey, hey. So I'm just gonna say maybe it's the rum talking, but we spent about thirty, thirty-five minutes pretty heavily discussing the pandemic, and it's very important. It cannot be covered in thirty-five minutes. But this is a special recording, and I want to spend some time talking about. Geeky quote, things? Unquote, happy things? Okay. Yeah, our regular viewers are going to be very confused. Like, this is not the typical format I've come to expect from these mm-hmm. guys. So I see I see a written point on, on Chris's notes he gave us that says, uh, The Batman has, yes. has been moved up to uh, to 2021. And I, I will say that um, I'm one of those people that actually, uh, Bob, I watched a, a video of yours a long time ago that I really took to heart. This idea of, like, I want all movies to be good. I just, I want them to be good. So I have no, no in or out of it. Like, I don't care about... Anyway, my point is that no matter what else about how much I hated Man of Steel and Batman v Superman and actually like Wonder Woman and Man, but I want the Batman to be good. And so getting it out to hopefully when we're past this is a really big deal. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. And it, it's funny, you know, to take a quick minute to, to, to balance off something, Axel, because, you know, I have lived with Bob... Um, the majority of my life and know him very well. I will say that 
for anybody out there that thinks that all that's bullshit, no, I went and saw Man of Steel with Bob. We sat in the theater very excited in waiting for that movie to turn on with the hope that, okay, Watchmen was amazing. Zack Snyder, you know, there's there's missteps, this DC thing. I'm not quite sure about the, the Nolan verse touching, you know, this. And it was crazy through the theater how many times we turned to each other and like high five things that were really cool and things that weren't so great. We went, oh, maybe. But then when it all got said and done, it was an oh, no. So Bob does go into movies, like he said, hoping that they'll be good. Because why do we want this stuff to be bad? Why would we want something we enjoy to be bad? Because maybe they'll stop making Batman movies for five minutes. Well, okay. <laughs> Ulrich, Ulrich has personal things about Batman. But, I'm but just I so say, tired of Batman. But I, I also know this. That whole concept made me realize something, and I think this is obvious, but when I complain a lot about something, like uh, I fucking hated Crimes of Grindelwald, like to a point I can't <laughs> even describe. That and Amazing Spider-Man are my two most hated movies ever period. And I realized the reason why I'm so vehement about that is because I love Spider-Man and Harry Potter. If I didn't care about those things, I wouldn't be so invested, you know? So, yeah, I want Batman to be... I'm not even a huge Batman fan, but he's he's Batman. Come on. So I want Batman to be good. I wanted Batman v Superman to be good. Like you said, I loved Watchmen. Ulrich and I, it's like one of our favorite movies, period. So, but then it wasn't, and... I'm not gonna give it a pass. Just because. anyway, sorry, Rand. No, no, I, I, f- I feel like I probably like. I mean, I'm, I can take or leave. Uh, I understand. I, I, I feel where you're coming on on Spider-Man. I feel like I would, uh, I would probably be able to just say, you know, Amazing Spider-Man is like a a bad but sort of like the, especially the second one is kind of a bad but like kind of fascinatingly bad misstep, you know, of a we like wow, this is. Uh, this is a lot <laughs> kind of thing, but it's like, you know, it's like there's there's effort being put in here in all the wrong places. There's like seven movies here and they're all terrible. But <laughs> like, I, I think I, that's also the reason why I've gotten in. Do you know how many arguments I've got with my friends about Homecoming? Because don't get me wrong. I don't I don't hate Homecoming. But I expect more from Spider-Man, and I have so yeah. many of my friends who are like, "Homecoming's great." What are you talking about? I'm like, no, Homecoming's okay, and I expect more. Yeah, Homecoming. It's, it's, Homecoming is a great B-rail episode of a Spider-Man television show. That's yeah. how I describe Homecoming. And, to and maybe it's unfair of me to expect more. I don't know, but that's just how I feel. You know, if, if Homecoming was was more interestingly directed, I think that I would like it more. I, no, I don't know. Homecoming I, looks like a C and not like a good, not like a, you know, um, Arrowverse CW show. It looks like a CW, like teen drama show. No, it looks but like with special effects in it. It looks like a CW. It doesn't even look like a CW show from like, it, it looks like a, it looks like a Fox show from like 1997. If they had like, like an HD camera. <laughs> here's here's what I, here, here's what I want to know. And, and I, and, you know, it's it's not great, but like I would, I like I am a take or leave it guy when it comes to Harry Potter because I was already out of high school by the time that happened. So like I had, like I think our sister was in grade school when Harry Potter became a thing. So like I 
I don't even think I cracked one of those until before the movie was coming out. And I was like, okay, I should really find out what this was, what, what this whole thing is. And I thought, okay, this is okay. I, I kind of get it. All right. And then I thought the first move, the first movies were like, fine. So like, I can take or leave Harry Potter. It's like, I get it. I understand it. I can follow it. But it's not something I am, like, it's not burned into me. Yeah, and, and that's fair. In, in my case, Harry Potter is the reason why I got into reading. It's not at, at, even in my top five favorite books or anything, but it's the yeah. reason why, as a child, I began to enjoy the concept of reading. So Crimes of Grindelwald, which is a terrible movie outside of being a Harry Potter oh, yeah. film, is also an insult to, like, what Harry Potter fandom is. And of so I, Anyway. <laughs> no, I get it. And the, the thing of it is, is, like, I can even separate from, like, uh, recognize, like, wow, this this is a bad Harry Potter thing. Because, like, I hated the first Fantastic Beasts just as a movie. Just, I was like, this is incredibly tiresome, and I don't like it. I don't like this guy, and I don't like Eddie Redmayne anyway. Yeah. I, I don't get the appeal. I, I look, every time I look at him... In anything, in any, even the movies where he's allegedly good, I look at him and I think, who asked for this? <laughs> didn't, didn't you once refer to him as a, uh, a poor man's Michael Fassbender, I think? <laughs> you know, that's not that's not me, but I wish it was. Uh, right, I don't know where I heard that then. Yeah, I heard that somewhere. He's, and then I, and I, I understand what they're trying to do with him, because I know a lot of people defend, he's like, no, he's, he's a non-violent hero, and he's clearly supposed to be neuroatypical in some way. And, like, I get it, but he's a terrible character. I understand what they're trying to do, but he's terrible. And so I didn't like the first one. It, it's unfocused, and the lore sucks, and, like... It was a wasted, wasted concept. Yeah, and, and I see the second one even having no, like, complete take-or-leave on Harry Potter. It, it doesn't matter to me whether or not, like, the, the, the backstory of it is... is Ruina, that is one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> it's funny. I feel like most of the times when I when I Just come to hate most of the times when I come to hate a movie, it happens post movie. Like I can get I can very easily get involved in the the movie experience. I think that comes from not doing it as much as right. like you, for instance. But but Crimes of Grimmel is one of those rare examples where I was halfway through the movie. I know the exact scene where I was like, I fucking hate this which was the scene where they cut back to hogwarts and i could tell <laughs> just from how they filmed it the only reason you're doing this is to try to kick off that nostalgic oh it's hogwarts again but we don't actually have any reason to be here but if we show you this then you'll get all feeling and you'll, yes, think, you'll yes. ignore all the other it's oh man <laughs> we oh. recorded like a 25 minute thing where I just was able to rant about it and we ended up losing it. Uh, it's sad. Uh, so, have, we all see, have we all seen this? No, I refuse what? to watch either of them. Oh. No, no, Chris, you and I are watching this. Oh, God. You and I, you and I are watching this because Crimes no, of Grindelwald is oh, no, because, so bad. Like, you only, have, because we, no, because here's, here's the thing is that I actually have to do this for a living. <laughs> here's, here's the deal, though. Here's the deal. I loved the last two Harry Potter movies so much. Like, a lot, a lot. Like, not just kind of liked. I loved them. And I... This is the same guy that made those. I don't want to not like things about this. <laughs> well, no, Listen, no. Hey, man, Harry Potter is one of my pillars of fandom. I want to, like, 
Harry Potter. The only reason I'm so complaining about it is because I care. <laughs> and that's that's what's so depressing to me is we got we got the first Harry Potter film the same year, the same season as the first Lord of the Rings film. Like these are like I was I was like Bob a little bit older than the first Harry Potter films were pitched to, but just to see such wonderful things happening in fantasy for geeks of a whole bunch of different ages made me so friggin' happy that there is not a single Harry Potter film in the original run that I full on dislike. There's some I like better than others, but those last two, those last two, I was like, Holy shit, this is perfection. I don't half blood Prince was pretty bad, but sorry. Go on. (laughs) I don't even remember that one to tell you the truth, but I liked these last two so much, you know, I get that. But and I, I mean, mean by the last two, I mean the last movie. I, I know what you mean. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Now, but yeah, but see, the th- this is the thing is, is that like I, I do this. We we do we do this like recurring podcast thing about this stuff. And at this point, you only see stuff really that you want to see that usually is good because you ask me if stuff is bad, and then if it's bad, you don't see it. Depending. Yeah. <laughs> I, Fair enough. I actually, I had a, a, a epiphany, for lack of a better term, you know, like two or three years ago, where like the only reason I watch reviews, whether they, no matter who they're from, is to decide how much money I want to spend on a thing. Not not to figure out my opinion necessarily, but to be like, all right, my three favorite reviewers all said this was shit. I'm not going to spend $10 to see it then. I'll see it, you know, for free when I can later. You know what I mean? So, so same kind of concept. So now I have homework, damn it. So for another tangent, I'll watch the two stupid Fantastic Beast movies and we'll talk about it. Oh, please. Please let me be there when you do that because I I just want to yell about it. (laughs) You haven't even seen Justice League yet. I did. I watched Justice League. I watched Justice League for the film rescue show that Ava made it so I couldn't be on. Oh, I'm sorry. I paid hey. nine bucks for Justice League. <laughs> Can I ask you three a question? Uh, a, a while back. You have to do your Justice League podcast then, Chris. Yes. Okay, so now I want to know, what did you think of Justice League? It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so now, so like the... And the, it wasn't even terrible in an interesting way, like Batman versus Superman. Like at least that had, oh, I can see where someone might... No, Justice League is just terrible. Yeah. It's yeah, offensively you didn't terrible. Get the original cut. Just wait till the Snyder cut comes out. And everything I, we can't wait. I can't wait for the Snyder cut when Zack Snyder comes out with his freaking shirt off and just flexes for three hours. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, wonderful. I loved him so much as a director. He was one of my favorite directors. And then now this is going on. I still, like, I I still love him. I still love him as a director. People can have missteps. Remember, Spielberg made Temple of Doom, man. Hey, okay? Oh, yes, thank you. Thank you. I've had so many arguments about that, but... I mean, there's there's a thing, too, is that, like, regardless of quote-unquote quality, I at least respect a director who has a very, very definite style. We are currently going back and rewatching Michael Bay movies. I hate yeah, them, but at least he has that's... a style that is his, you know? There's definitely the style, and we've only made it through one, and I'm not looking forward to all of the Transformers movies. We were we were robbed of Michael Bay's real career, I, I truly believe. We what were, was his yeah. real career? Hey, so... So I want to ask you three a question real quick, okay. which is a while a while back I was chatting with some friends and I was talking about my three most hated movies of all time. Like I already said Amazing Spider-Man and Crimes of Grindelwald. But the third one I couldn't remember the name of, oddly enough, uh, but I watched it when I was young. And then I described it to my friend and he managed to Google it and find it out. Have any of you three seen The King is Alive? 
Oh Jesus! This is your most hated. You've mentioned this a couple uh, times. This yeah. is your most hated I movie. I just oh, want to no. know what his opinions were because to me, I try to describe it as like, hey, a busload of people get stuck in the desert, and at one point, someone pees on a girl. I yeah, yeah that was bad. Yeah, I, I just want to make sure that this is a thing that I didn't just fever dream. No, <laughs> no, no, it exists. Yeah, no, that was a, that was one of the Doug May '95 movies. Oh, okay, thank you. I, I, some validation because that haunts me. Because I remember watching it thinking, this is going to get better. This is going to get better. It feels like it's going to get better. No, it, it wasn't. It got better. It wasn't. That was my take on Jupiter Ascending. Like, okay, this this is going to get good eventually, right? This this is going to be interesting, right? <laughs> so, you know, uh, all, all of these wonderful tangents, as it called, came from one little blip about the Batman being officially <laughs> released in Halloween 2021. Yeah. And I just want to remind everybody that I, I know that we all have our differing takes on Batman, but... Matt Reeves getting a superhero movie is equivalent to when they said Phil Lord and Chris Miller were attached to that Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse movie. It's just, I, I look at it and go, every single thing this person does is subverting my expectations. Matt Reeves is is the brain trust behind Cloverfield. This is a J.J. Abrams-produced movie, but it came out back when everybody saw the name J.J. Abrams and thought that he just did everything that his name was on. Matt Reeves made, despite what you think about that movie, that movie succeeds on him alone. He he crafted a great freaking little found footage movie there. This guy made the two incredible sequels to the Planet of the Apes movies. Um, he managed to remake Let the Right One In, which is one of the greatest vampire movies ever made, and his remake is actually good. Like, I think if anyone is going to breathe some sort of new life into Batman, it's this guy, but I don't see it yet in the pictures. No. There's nothing I'm seeing that's like, okay, this is something different than I've seen. I, I, I don't know. the key thing, Ulrich, is that right now, you can't really tell from a picture if it's anything different than what you've seen. We've seen Batman have different costumes and have different cars, and I, that doesn't mean anything to me. So I, I was thinking about it. Like, I'm at the point, it's going to be a hard sell to get me interested in a Batman movie because there's been so much Batman, and I'm like, yeah. what can they do to make Batman interesting? And my brain went, okay, if they did, you know, the Batman from Red Sun, that'd be interesting, but that's a crazy story. I, I'd want them to to narrow in on the world's greatest detective angle of Batman, because I feel like Nolan kind of touched it, but not really. But like treating him as a as a like an actual detective who happens to dress up as a bat, I think would be how I'd want to see it anyway. Mm. Now, the next couple things I have on this list, and we don't have to go deep on all of these but kind of the reason i started throwing these down was to kind of get the idea of hey we talk about a lot of geeky things on both of our shows particularly movies and chris nolan and disney both have movies still scheduled to come out in july right now by the way as a side note something you mentioned earlier i currently am signed up for a, a regal unlimited that i can't yep. make use of right now and oh, i also can't I also can't cancel because it's within a, a year of when I got it. So, eh, guess I'm screwed. Anyway, you're, go on. You're helping well, I mean, to support Re an industry that might Regal not survive. Is Unlimited like AMC, though? You get, a, you get, like, a shitload of good stuff, like, a week off of that, right? Well, you get... So, Regal Unlimited is you can watch as many movies a month as you want. And it costs oh, I mean, I have a feeling you'll still be able to capitalize. It's 20 bucks a month? 
20 bucks a month, yeah. But the point is that I, I can't really utilize it right now, and I'm literally prohibited from getting rid of it until I've had it for a year, which That's is funny. frustrating. Oh, it's, it's like, like a said, cell phone plan. Look at it like this. You're helping to save an industry that might not survive this. Fair and enough. Of all, anyway. of all the brands, of all the brands, I'd support Regal over AMC. So there's that. Um, so uh, Tenet, right, is what you were Tenet is is to? is Chris Nolan's movie that we have no idea what it is, and Disney's live action remake of Mulan, which looks great despite itself. I read a, a yeah. single sentence synopsis of Tenet that got me way more interested in the than the uh, the preview <clears throat> did because I saw a preview for it and I had I literally turned to the person I was with and I said. I have no idea what that's about, do you? But <laughs> then I Googled it, and the, the Google sentence was something like, a man goes back in time to prevent World War III. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't figure that out from the preview, but that sounds no, like a Christopher Nolan movie. You're not supposed to forget the preview. You're supposed to see his name and just go see it. Yeah, and, and, and ha- is Tom Hardy in it? Because if so, I hope he's wearing a mask the whole time. It's <laughs> Tom um, Hardy. I think Except they, I'm know, like I'm not a big Chris Nolan fan. Like all my friends my, that's are what I'm saying. Chris Nolan fans, and I'm one of those people that like I never really got into. For instance, his Batman. Yeah, I thought The Dark Knight was great, but I yep. feel like that kind of transcends a bunch yep. of other things. But I was never into Batman Beyond. I didn't like Dark Knight Rises. Oh and god, I, Dark Knight I mean, Rises is so full of itself, and it goes on forever. I didn't like Interstellar. I just like. Nope. I'm not a big fan of Chris Nolan's material that I've seen, so it's not a that's not a seller for me. I need his to best more. one is The Prestige. That is his high yep. watermark. He will never yep. beat. That yep. is such a good movie. And, and then, that was and that was the, I'm going to make that in between Batman movies. That's yeah. Inception. I don't know how well it holds up. I haven't seen it since it came out, and we all loved it. Inception and is great. I didn't like Dunkirk. He was the wrong director for Dunkirk. Inception is great. Okay, in all fairness. In Inception. all fairness, Ulrich is like a historian, so that's In, he has Inception a hard time. Inception is the kind of movie. No, he was wrong for Dunkirk because Dunkirk is a story of humanity, and Christopher Nolan hates humanity. Yeah, he made he made a very um, and I like Dunkirk, but he made a very uh, clinical movie. Why are there people in my shots? Get out of here, people! I don't care yeah. about you. He made a very I clinical need movie. a weird narrative hook because I am an auteur filmmaker, and it makes it hard to follow. But, um. Because, you know, so much is said about both of these things. You know, the Mulan thing drives us into talking about Disney for three hours, and I really don't want to do that. Well, actually, I feel like the the Mulan question that I'm curious about is, because, again, I don't, I'm not super into the online, like, conversation, but I've got one friend who really is, and he was telling me about, like, the level, the the discourse, quote-unquote, around Mulan and its main actress and the things yes. they're doing. Oh, yeah. I don't know much about it, but I know apparently it's bad. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's going to affect it at all, but even that kind of like, I wasn't really rooting for this to begin with because I'm tired of, you know, live action Disney remakes, but then it looked good. And then I read what the actress said and like, ooh, that's bad. Yeah. Well, so, that, you, you know, no one really knows if that's the actual quote either, though. Yeah, yeah I, I have heard that that it, it could be something else, and that's I'm like, no one, need more information. No so one. Well, again, this comes back to I want it to be good because I want all movies to be good, but it's too. also difficult with the the people involved. Well, it's one of those things where it's like I, I came this wild. I don't remember who I was watching. I think I was watching uh, the Needle Drop talk about um, musicians who are terrible people and whether you used to listen to their music, and it's like, okay. If I watch a movie that is directed by or written by a objectively terrible person, 
or I choose not to watch the movie because of that, there are also like hundreds to thousands of other people who necessarily aren't terrible involved in that. So that's a really complicated moral question that doesn't have an easy answer, you know? Right. There's also very few uh, like domestic, like living in mainland China celebrities who like post their own uh, like unfiltered stuff to social media. Especially not young women who generally have like handlers and work for like talent management companies. I mean, isn't uh, she's also a singer, correct? I don't know. I, I've never I heard any so. of people until yeah. the movie was announced. Yeah, it's not even Donnie Yen. Okay, Donnie, Donnie Yen. I knew who he. Was. Yeah, Donnie Yen. You better know Donnie Yen. <laughs> well, 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 I mean, Donnie Yen lives in Hong Kong, as my as as my as is my understanding. And uh, like, there's a lot of like there are different part like there's different parts to to China, and depending on where on on where you are, d- can color what your social media presence is and where your quotes are going to come from. But like, no one is good. You're not going to continue working in the, like the mainstream of that industry. If you are saying, Oh yeah, no Hong Kong. Yeah. They should, they should break away from the country. That's going to, that, that should happen. <laughs> yeah, that, that's totally fair. Cause I remember when they, what was it like four years ago when they first announced the whole, uh, we're going to give you a, a patriotism score or a social score. Right, I remember watching. Uh, I think it was extra credits talk about how like horrifying the concept was. That's, that's and, extra credits thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the the fact that you've got someone who is in a relatively you know high standing in this job in a country where not being patriotic enough can just literally destroy your career. I mean, look at uh, uh, Zhu Xiaodong. You guys know his story. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Cool. I don't have to share it then. <laughs> I'm yeah, it's there, there's 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 quite a, there's quite a few levels that even the the social credit score thing is like authoritarianism does not work by making by making like certain things legal and illegal. It works by making everything illegal and then they tell you what legal is. So like when you know, so you know it's there's not a lot of there's not a lot of transparency to that. So. so yeah. So the big, the big point, because um, that that was all great. But yeah. the point I was trying to make here with these two things is, does July happen? I mean, Tenet was originally scheduled for July. It hasn't moved, and Mulan yeah. moved from Tenet. March to July. Does July happen? Ten- I, I think my Tenet- birthday is in July, so I hope it happens. At, for at film releases, some something is going to get released. I mean, like I think some theaters are going to, if if theaters open something's going to be out there but like right now it's it's a game of chicken and you know uh like warner brothers just pulled scoob off of the uh the may release calendar right uh, and uh said no this is uh, and i mean it's not like it was going to come out in may anyway but like all of the stuff that was going to be coming out that they were just pushing ahead and pushing ahead and pushing ahead they kept saying, "Okay, no, this is going to come out when it was going to come out, but it's going to go direct to uh, direct to streaming because it's a big animated movie, and we have nowhere else to put this." They can't keep pushing this stuff ahead. Uh, Tenet is still sitting on July. There's some speculation that they can like push it ahead again. They might uh, maybe push it to August. Uh, well- and that brings up that brings up a really good point, right? So then, if we move into say, okay, let's say July doesn't happen, 
and things shift from July to August. August used to be the summer dumping ground, right? That's where you'd put movies like Spawn and, you know, things things that you, you wanted to make money but you didn't think could hold up against the bigwigs. Now we have Bill and Ted 3 sitting at August 21st, which should have been the big moneymaker for August, right? It's got the nostalgia thing. John Wick has been huge. There's a new Matrix movie coming out. You know, people are going to want to see this, right? Uh, is um, a new Matrix movie coming out? I mean, yeah, there is. Yeah. Whoa. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and so now we have Wonder Woman 1984 moved from June to August. All of a I mean, sudden now. Honestly, the only movie that was coming out this year that I was super into was King Kong versus Godzilla because that Godzilla King of Monsters was my favorite movie that last year. So. <laughs> and that's that's what November still slated. That's moved a couple times, but yeah, that's been moved around. Probably gonna have they're they're probably gonna try to move Godzilla versus Kong again because uh, that was coming. Uh, that was supposed to be out already. That was supposed to be March. Yeah, and then it and, got booted. Yeah, they shoved that to uh, to November. But uh, I don't think it's gonna be November now. I think it's gonna be a January no. February movie now. Well, they 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 pushed it to uh, to the November twentieth. And uh, now, because of all of the uh, the moves that have uh, been made otherwise, now the Pixar movie Soul and uh, No Time to Die are coming out uh, like the same day, and then the next uh, the next week. Yeah, they're not going to uh, risk that. Yeah. Not they're, after they're, King of Monsters so. performed. What, what? Which I'm still angry about, by the way. Yeah, I know. Because, yeah, we all are. Because Godzilla is now probably because King of the Monsters underperformed, quote unquote, for Warner Brothers in the u.s but is like uh this is a franchise that exists for for china pretty much because it's a big 3d movie it doesn't need big stars etc it's conceivable that maybe warner brothers because godzilla versus kong is done because it was supposed to come out in march wonder woman 1984 is done because that was supposed to be out back in december and then yeah. they and then they liked the preview screenings so they moved it to june oops I think I, as Wonder a side note, I will say man. that uh, just based on the trailers, the balls on the uh, the Wonder Woman people, I I respect yeah. more than more than anything. You know what I mean? They know what they're <laughs> well, doing. They, they think about it this way. Imagine this. Let's say August fourteenth doesn't happen for Wonder Woman. If it doesn't happen in August, they gotta release it near the election, or they're crazy. Well, that's the thing. Is that that's kind of the last point of it? Because they the thing is. They can't keep delaying these forever because if this comes back up again, and the assumption is that it probably will, that there will probably be another, like, oh shit, it's back, we've got to quarantine for at least two weeks again, that's going to happen in November, December, or something like that. And, like, if it happens around the election when there's a panic then they don't want it to happen then. So this is going to be, like, they think July, and that's why they keep shuffling all of these family movies and comedies and dropping them out on demand, because everyone's playing chicken with their release dates, because they have to keep, not not everything can be out in once in theaters in July. It'll be a bloodbath. It'll be terrible, yeah. So they've got to get these things out. Uh, like Black Widow just said, you know, I mean, they know it's Marvel. We can release these whenever. So they said, fuck it. We're just going to drop this in November and uh, just just basically throw it ahead a year. And they just like shoved the whole calendar ahead a year and said, fuck it. Black Widow's coming out in November. Shang-Chi, which was going to be like in a, uh, yeah, we don't know spot. 
uh, got uh, pushed ahead to the uh, to the May spot, and then uh, Eternals got pushed ahead after that to the uh, to like the summer. So here's another interesting one: if, is if it had several spot, if it had stayed in its original slate, I think the new Candyman movie is is an exciting thing. Um, I think <laughs> Nia DaCosta is an awesome filmmaker. I think it's great that Jordan Peele is producing more horror, but. Do you think that movie would have performed in June? No. I think it would have. By the way, uh, Chris, you and Ulrich, I can, for lack of a better term, blame for my sudden interest in horror movies because I used to be very, <laughs> very anti them. And then you guys made me watch all James Wan's movies, and I love <laughs> Dead Silence, so whatever. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I think this new Candyman movie looked great. No, I, I think Candyman would have been, I mean, they wouldn't, it would have made money. They, it's not like they are, they're spending a ton on these. I think people... Candyman was like... People forget Candyman was a hit movie when it came out. And Candyman is fucking nasty. It's, it's that's the other thing. Candyman is fuck. such a hard R. Yeah. Um, and people remember it. Like, people... Like, the sequels were the sequels. But, like, the first one was big-ish in theaters. And then the sequels went direct to video because that's what they did back then. And but like people remember that people know Tony Todd and like those were like that has an audience and if they said oh Candyman for if they say you know remake of Candyman and it has the uh, you know from the director of Get Out from from the guy who brought you Get Out and us on the poster it's like oh shit this is gonna be good and now it's here's Candyman again and the fact that it is actually a sequel yes and it, this is when they they didn't. I don't think they told anyone that when they were like, "Shoot, is this a is this a, a remake or not?" Everyone thought it was a reboot, and then in I the didn't tr- realize it was a oh, sequel. Shit! Oh, okay. Isn't that, that kind of what happened with Halloween? Like just a little yes. bit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With Halloween, they announced people were gonna. They announced that um, uh, the um, Jet Apatow guys there were gonna produce it and make it, and they sat down to do it, and not until I think. Maybe a Comic Con trailer or something dropped where they had Jamie Lee Curtis come out on stage and did the okay, no, this is legit. This is the real shit right here. Yeah. Oh, we lost Comic Con too. That's that's other news. Oh yeah. Uh, what is that gonna look like? Like I've heard rumors that all the studios are just gonna do streaming events and announce it and make a big deal of it. Well, the the weird thing is, I mean, I've I've got an episode about this dropping tomorrow, so I won't like cannibalize too much of it, mm. but not only because of all of these delays, I mean, sure, yeah, they can just run all of their stuff, but, like, they're going to have to rethink all of their stuff because, like, Marvel's, whatever their plan was, would have been set up with the assumption that everyone and their grandma would have seen Black Widow, and therefore anything that, like, would have needed to be, like, known, like, if if there's, like, six six or seven Easter eggs in Black Widow that said, oh, okay, that's what the next six or seven Marvel movies are, now no one's seen that movie, so, so we're not going to get our Thunderbolts that. announcement. Wow. So, so now they don't have. So it's like uh, if, like, if the end of Black Widow, ha- even though it's a prequel, you know, has like, oh hey, here's seven or eight people you haven't seen before that uh, you know you've got twelve movies to look forward to. We don't have that now. So what the hell is there? Or not like, wh- you know, if they had some huge event planned where they were going to say, oh by the way, this is uh, the the Young Avengers team or something that you saw at the end of Black Widow. We don't know that, you know, like, uh, yeah. like William Hurt you is, know, it, it's, is in the trailer. It's funny. It's, it's easy to be like, well, they've, you know, they've already said like, oh, they're making a Moon Knight show and they're doing yeah. the Eternals and doing all these things. But 
this was just my initial thought when you started saying that, but I was like, well, then again, Marvel Studios has been really uh, wily when it comes to their reveals. So, yeah, that's... that's I'm, I'm sure there's other stuff they can say. Like, realistically, they could probably show us... I mean, the, I'm sure that they've got, like, you know, more WandaVision to show off. Maybe yeah. they've got uh, stuff from Falcon and Winter Soldier. There's there, but then again, there might be stuff in Black Widow that ties into Falcon and Winter Soldier that we're not supposed to know about yet. Uh, they might know. Uh, like William Hurt is in the trailer for uh, for Black Widow. Yes, so, he is. No, you know, Thunderbolts are coming. Thunderbolts. They are just as, sounding as, the trumpet on those. Yeah, as 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 Thunderbolt Ross. So like, if if if. if if the thing that we don't know about Black Widow, and this is not me being cute, I don't know anything about Black, I don't know any like secret stuff about Black Widow. If if he's like the Red Hulk at the end of Black Widow, and that's like a give for the next couple of movies, and that's something that we should know for the next six Marvel movies, that's not going to be a thing that they can talk about now. You know, I hadn't thought crazy. about how big a this is a huge ripple because I thought, well, they'll just you know do online things. Other people have done that, but no, you've made a great point. They are so interconnected, and they can't. They really anything they wanted to set up in Black Widow, and if they don't, then it's kind of like, well, what was Black? What did Black Widow? What was the point of Black Widow? Yeah, if they uh, weren't setting anything up. See, also for Warner Brothers, uh, you know, what is Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four a reboot? We don't know. Right. It, Damn. It might. Hey, once you once you throw the flash in there, anything could be a reboot. So yeah, true. That, we're not seeing that movie. We, don't know we if all agree Miller's that's not going to happen. Yet, we don't, we don't know if Ezra Miller's fired yet, though. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying that's true. We saw him get erased, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's fired. <laughs> it could. Like I said, I do not think we are ever going to see the Flash movie with him. It has gone through too many rewrites, reboots, redos, reschedules. Casts. I mean, I'm, it's, I'm it's not, not a big happening. enough Flash fan to really put like a, a stake in this, but I've got one of my my best friends, one of my like top three best friends. Like the Flash is his biggest thing, and and he tells me at any chance he get how much he hates Ezra Miller as Barry <laughs> Allen. So I don't know what that means, but. Eh. Okay, so here's one on the list I do want us to talk about because I've heard mixed things. Dune is it going? Whenever it comes out, is it going to do well? That's uh, that's oh, the arrival. Yeah. Right? Wait, be, wait, be good or do well? Do well. Everyone's saying it's going to be good, but I've also heard like like it's going to bomb. It's destined to bomb. It is the nature of Dune to bomb. You know what? I can totally understand that because Dune is a Dune is a difficult story, and I mean yes. that from like the most general standpoint of like not book, not movie just story it's difficult <laughs> it's I, really weird genre sci-fi that i'm not sure the audience is there for you know, yeah it all depends on the time of year and how they advertise it because blade runner 2049 was advertised in a similar fashion to the way they advertised the force awakens but they were advertising it to blade runner fans and there's six of us you know what <laughs> I mean? so <laughs> You know, that's, a weird, that's a weird to say, but I, I get where you're coming from, considering... I mean, Blade Runner is one of those things that's like, oh, steeple of sci-fi movies, and also, how many of you have actually watched it all the way through? <laughs> well, right. These movies have a, these movies are destined, unfortunately, to have the John Carter problem, yeah. where so, oh, many yeah. things, so many things have come and borrowed from them, and maybe not necessarily did it as well, but it's going it to be hard it's going to be hard to see Dune without it feeling derivative, just like it was hard to see John Carter without it feeling derivative. 
It, I think it, John it, Carter the movie had other problems, but I do get what you're saying. Yes, but I mean just in how they advertised it. They advertised John Carter as, hey, you want to see a poor man Star Wars? Here you go. You know what I mean? Two years ago, I would have said that uh, that Dune, if 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 they did it justice and did it well, I would have said that Dune would be a big hit. That 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 uh, that that this is something that the world was ready for, and now I'm not sure because I think that the two years ago, easy the only way to pitch Dune that I can that I can think of now that like accurately describes it is like if I'm if I'm walking into a studio now and I say okay look we we want I want you to give me however much money which is probably too much that they gave Denny Villeneuve to to make a Dune movie I would have. You know, if I'm going in and say, I need, you know, $200 million to do Dune, and here's why you should give it to me. And I would say, here's the deal. It's Star Wars, but it's also Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, two years ago, like, they could not give you enough money to do that. And now the reason not to do it is it's Star Wars, but it's also Game of Thrones. Yeah, everyone's still mad oh, at that properties. Oh, wow. That's a really... Yeah. Sorry, I didn't even thought about that from that perspective, but that makes total sense. Because for me, Villeneuve, I associate with Prisoners, which for me is my, oh. like, you have tons of goodwill because I love Prisoners. I'm actually one of the people who didn't like Sicario that much. I, I liked the, the first two thirds, and I thought the last third was really uh, weird and not sensical. Do you, know, considering... do you know what makes Sicario an even better film is how terrible the sequel is? <laughs> you know what? I didn't see the sequel. I, I don't care. I just know that I was one of those, like, literally, my two of my, like, five best friends, like, Sicario is their favorite movie. We've gotten these huge arguments where I'm like, the last third doesn't make sense because it completely takes away from what's the main character at that point. Anyway, sorry, I can go on a rant about that. But point is, I loved Prisoners. Like, Prisoners was one of my favorite movies. And, Prisoners is good. Prisoners is really good. Yeah, and, uh, and Blade Runner 2049 was pretty awesome. So I was like, all right, if someone's going to do Dune, you know, after the guy did Eraserhead, this makes, this makes sense, you yeah. know? Well, here, here's here's the thing. I I feel like and and I feel kind of bad about this because because I actually still enjoy the movie even though it is um kind of lacking in a lot of ways. I feel like a lot of people's good graces on this niche sci-fi big nostalgia re-release thing. Like Star Wars is always going to have it because it's Star Wars. Star Trek is always going to have it because it's Star Trek. But I feel like Tron, Tron Legacy used up everybody's good graces on these <laughs> niche nostalgia trips. Oh, do you know what strong. i mean I no because oh. think about it though think about it though that one had such a crazy big ad campaign people were psyched people that you wouldn't have expected to be excited they brought in people with um with you know um what's their names there um band that did the soundtrack oh, daft uh, punk daft yeah punk. they brought in people Which with daft one of the like daft punk's one of those bands that i feel like people what 30 years from now are going to be amazed that they weren't bigger than they they are but they are actually probably pretty big no, do you know what i mean though like tron legacy was like the the you know everybody in every comic shop and place everywhere you know was talking about it because it's like they're making a big budget movie out of this thing that's kind of been forgotten by a lot of people and i feel like Blade Runner 2049 and Dune are going to be fighting against that same wall, but I think people people took a chance with Tron, and a lot of them were disappointed. So it's kind of that all over again, you know. Uh, I think I think that the, the downside of Tron Legacy specifically was that it was playing so much of so much off of 
your enjoyment of Tron. Right. And there was a large portion of the audience that hadn't actually seen Tron. Yep. And I, Dune is a little, it's different because Dune's not a sequel like Tron Legacy was, but I do, I do kind of get what you're saying, I think, but I think it's less of an issue, but I, I do understand. Well, remember, it, it's the same thing with like Blade Runner 2049, because that is a standalone, like you can almost leave out the majority of what happened in Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049, it kind of stands on its own, but it's also basically the same movie tonally as Blade Runner. So if you're if you weren't there for that originally, you're going to be just as bored now, you know. And I worry about that with Dune because Dune is dense. Yeah. Hey, hey, Chris. So so I want to say that like I am literally having the best time I've had in about a month right now. And I and I could and I could go on forever, but I know how long your episodes usually are. I know we've got some stuff we want to do I after was I actually, said outro, I was actually so. about to say um <laughs> that I need to wrap up because it's very late for me. <laughs> so um what I was gonna say one more one more thing before we go into the end of this is so all I really wanted to say here was the more months that we keep shifting by, there's a crap ton of great sounding movies that were scheduled to come out this year. And the only one of them that's jumped to 2021 so far, well, the two of them is, uh, um, we talked about earlier, Batman and Jungle Cruise. So we've still, if, if the year goes the way it's supposed to. And Eternals. Yes, and Eternals. If the year goes the way it's supposed to, we still have... A James Bond movie, Black Widow, Free Guy, the sequel to Top Gun, Halloween Kills, Godzilla vs. Kong, West Side Story, Coming to America, and Dune. Super psyched for Free Guy, by the way. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but, but I just uh, wanted Eternals, to say that. I'm, Eternals is one of those things where like, I feel like Marvel's, in at this point, incapable of making a bad movie, but it doesn't mean I'm excited for Eternals. Does that make sense? <laughs> I'm psyched for Eternals because it's going to be this. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. I know nothing about what's going in, and I only have high expectations for it. Fingers... Fingers crossed. Sorry. And it's got Black Knight. Black Knight. Come on. So since this is a collaboration episode, this is the point in time where the Geeks with Shields do their suggestions of the week and outro. So I'm going to hand over the microphone, as I were, to you guys. All right. I'm going to lead us off. Uh, so suggestions of the week is something we do over at Geeks with Shields where we talk about a thing that we are currently into or recently. It doesn't have to be new. It doesn't have to be big. It just has to be something we are into and we want to share it with the listeners. So for me, for instance, I mentioned earlier, I've been really into Crash Course recently. And not that I haven't been into it in the past, but I've just gotten really re-into it. And Crash Course for the record, is a series that's uh, made primarily by John and Hank Green. You might know John Green as the author of books like The Fault in Our Stars and whatnot. But they do these uh, series where they teach you about anything, and they make they make these very digestible, very enjoyable, and very informative, like twelve minute videos. Like particularly uh, World History Crash Course is a forty two video series about well, the history of the world, and and from mostly a trade-centric perspective, because how you approach history is actually really important to like what you get out of your study of history. Anyway, point is, if for some reason you're listening to this and you haven't checked out uh, the Green Brothers Crash Course series, even the ones that they don't do, like um, Andre Meadows does the video game history one, that seems more in line with like our audience, but... They're all they're all really good and they're really informative and they're really like I'm someone who doesn't consider myself very 
you know, as well read as I want to be. And this is the kind of thing that I'm watching their their literature course right now, and it is great. I'm I'm gonna read a uh, hundred years of solitude pretty soon here, like just based on their videos. So anyway, Crash Course by the Vlog Brothers with Rose Green. Sorry, go ahead. Nice. All right, who's next? I'll go. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do a real simple one that I don't feel that has to be suggestion of the week, but you never know. And that is Total Recall, one of the greatest sci-fi movies ever made. That they've only ever made once and never remade. Yes. (laughs) Yep. Yes. In the genre of pure pulp. I mean, if you like Starship Troopers, if you like Robocop, if you like Showgirls, I'm I'm, I'm trying to hit the the trifecta of uh, Verhoeven. You got to watch Total Recall. It's got Arnold... It's got just actually the most part. The practical effects hold up really well. The only one I noticed yes, on rewatch is that the uh, carpet they used to replicate the surface of Mars looks like a bad Vegas casino floor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got everything. It's got violence. It's got action. It's got a three boobied Martian lady. Um, this movie is I really really it's good. Second best Arnold movie. <laughs> yeah, this is the movie. This movie <laughs> inspired me that at some point we are going to do a director smackdown, but for Arnold movies, because I'm watching this, I was watching this and Commando, I'm like, oh, this is really good, but what is the best Arnold movie? And as Axel said, this is a close contender. Mm, that'd be fun. It'll happen someday. Once we get through this, maybe that'll be the next tier goal after we get through the road to Bayham. We'll make the next one the Arnold smackdown, because that's a lot of movies. Nice. All right. Hey, Bob, I need to know what you've written here. Okay. Suggestion of the week. What is this? What is what is what is what? The what you wrote for your suggestion of the week. This I need to know. The suggestion of the week is a movie called Butt Boy. Yeah, I saw you talking about this on Twitter, and I don't know what the fuck it is. This is a movie that is now on uh, VOD. It uh, has come to VOD. It's an independent film. Uh, th- this is a uh, new filmmakers, uh, new actors. I didn't really recognize. Uh, anyone uh, in the, the cast, uh, this looks like uh, pretty much a new outfit out of anyone because I can't necessarily imagine anyone established wanting to do this, but uh, they should have because it's amazing. Uh, and I think it, this is literally, you know, some movies find their time, and I, I don't think that if, if there were anything else going on, I don't know that anyone would have found this. But uh, this is this is on this. I, this is just sitting there on regular, uh, com- like I got this on like just uh, Xfinity on demand. Uh, it's out to rent. It's, I'm sure it's on a few other uh, platforms. And it is. It's B U T T space boy butt boy. It is not pornography. <laughs> Damn. It is not particularly like explicit even. Uh, and this is a uh, a neo noir detective thriller parody horror film yeah i don't but, recognize any of the names on this imdb page i mean that's a good thing in my opinion but <laughs> if you've seen like true detective that kind of thing think uh, a satire of that um so the premise is that uh this uh it's a it's a it's a detect the general idea is it's a detective who is uh like a a quintessential neo-noir you know like recovering alcoholic greasy hair detective hunting a serial killer who is suspected in the disappearance and presumed murder of multiple children 
one child recently and, uh, you know, possibly others throughout um, recent past. Um, I heard material. <laughs> in, in, right, in spree style. Um, he comes to believe in short order that the person who is responsible for this may be his AA sponsor, who is this really boring, uh, just average suburban dad, uh, who is not Jason Sudeikis, but could be a dead ringer for Jason Sudeikis. If Jason Sudeikis was like 10 years older and more of a... Uh, it looks like Tyler Kornak. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the thing of it is, is that this guy is guilty. Like, we know this because we we meet him and see what's up with him before uh, the detective story. And this guy's issue is he makes things disappear up his ass. The hell? Yet he goes in for a prostate exam one day and it changes something in him and, oh boy. <laughs> and causes him to become obsessed with putting things in his ass. Can you... I, I, I have no idea why. Maybe someone who has more experience with this can explain this to me. How come you're describing this to me and all I can think is this sounds like Colossal or Dave made a maze. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's exactly that tone, but it's not much more so Colossal in the sense that even though this is completely absurd, it does no one in the movie, like people in the movie acknowledge that what's going on is unusual and sounds crazy, but no one acknowledges that it's funny. <laughs> like because <laughs> there's nothing going on like the physics of it are impossible because like he's not like chopping people up he like it's we are literally meant to believe that somehow there's like a mystical like matter displacement thing happening where this guy is able to because it's like a like a like a vampire compulsive disorder where as he starts he can't stop so it starts so it starts like bar of soap tv remote family dog random child <laughs> oh my oh and i don't even oh how <laughs> and that's like the graduating process and then he feel and then he feels bad about it and then has to stop for a while but if it gets triggered up again and he's like a serial killer well, you and, know, I love Colossal, so... <laughs> and, it's, and, and it's exactly that, and it's staged just like this movie would be if he was a cannibal or a strangler or something, but he disappears entire objects and people up his ass. And, wow. and the co and And this is the premise of... And it goes... It has a third act that goes super crazy off the... Like where, like to the point where, like Colossal kind of goes, okay, this is a metaphor. Oh, this is not a metaphor. Kind of like about like at the end of Act One, this movie kind of like waits. Wait, it's literally it's like if Adult Swim made. It's like if Tim and Eric made True Detective, basically. Right, right. It's, I can tell you, I've added it to my bookmarks. I'm gonna watch this yeah. soon. <laughs> and I think I need to see this movie now. Of other than. Like a few, the other than like key payoff parts that would need to be, it's not gory or explicit. It's uncomfortable, obviously, but it's it's all just other other than the fact of the occasional reminder that what we're talking about is the th 
theory that people have disappeared up someone's ass, it's played like a completely straight detective film. And, and it, it doesn't help that on the IMDb page, all the videos, thumbnails, are of a small child smiling. <laughs> yeah, oh God. It's, it's really, like, off. And it, it's... I'm, I'm not sure... It's 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 not quite like Human Centipede, which was at least like that another movie that is nowhere near as gory as you think it is. Right. Like this is even less explicit and nasty than Human Centipede because it's literally just a cop movie that looks like it was. You could have probably made this movie for like two thousand dollars. I have no idea how much they spent, but it's sort of brilliant and I can't uh, I can't recommend it highly enough it's it's remarkable okay I mean okay. I, I enjoy movies making me uncomfortable like one of my top five favorite movies is Nightcrawler but that makes me uncomfortable in a whole different set of ways <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah gotta see this alright <laughs> All right. That, that's just amazing. But anyway, it, it is late, so I got to wrap up. So I'll say, even though everyone listening to this has probably already seen my suggestion of the week, I finally got to see Aquaman, and it was more than I ever could have even wanted it to be. Um, that I, it, It's like someone made an episode of the Power Rangers with a budget I've never seen anyone put to most superhero films, and there's shots in this movie that are Avatar-level beautiful that I can't freaking believe. Just give it to someone like James Wan, who who has the balls to slow things down and just spend so much time making you live in this world that he's created here that's so bug nuts and crazy. There's like 20 different genres going on in it, and I love the whole goddamn silly, stupid thing. This is what I want the He-Man movie to look like. Yeah, you know, I, exactly. I adored Aquaman, but one of the weird side effects of Aquaman is that it made me dislike, or not dislike, but like the boys less. It was yeah. like, how come you keep making jokes about Aquaman when the current Aquaman is Jason Momoa? Come on. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, with, with that, we got we to gotta outro on this because I got to get to bed. All right. Well, we'd like to thank uh, Chris and Bob for having us on. Thank you. Hey, no problem. You're welcome. Oh, guys, it's been thank a blast. You. And if you like listening to us on here, you know, the Geeks with Shields, like if you like us being guests and whatnot, you can find us on most of the podcast platforms like SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Casts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. We love being on here. We love chatting with these guys. They're great. And uh, you can find us at I – mean, you type in Geeks with Shields, you can probably find us. We're, we're you know, everywhere. So <laughs> this has been Lord Commander Ulrich. And his shield brother, Axel Wright. And hey, everybody listening, those were the Geeks with Shields, as you were just told. And this has been Chris. And I'm Bob. And thank you all for coming along with us on the tangent, particularly our first crossover episode ever. Thank you all, and we'll see you next time.